Welcome into the bank, a show which covers the Baltimore Ravens and the NFL. The bank is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, the Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Welcome to the bank. It's September 6th. I'm joined by my colleagues, Jamie Seek and Mike Fast. We're a couple days away from kickoff and the start of the 2022 Ravens season, and they're we're excited. And uh, let's just jump right in. Mike, what are you looking to see from the Ravens offense uh, this weekend versus Jets? And what's the biggest question for you? I want to see them start fast, particularly running the football. Not only because I like the idea of testing out the opponent's strength right away, and I think that's Quinn and Williams and Solomon Thomas up front. So if the Ravens can do that, uh, I think that would be bode well for the rest of their uh, day and then season. But also because there are questions they have at running back with uh, J.K. Dobbins probably playing, maybe not uh, at 100%, maybe not the full workload. Mike Davis will be... I think the one guy we can definitely depend on, but then again, is that the best news? So that's actually going to be a very interesting battle for me. And then, of course, Tyler Linderbaum at the point of attack every play. So there's a lot going on in the middle of that um, kind of part of the game. But then also what I'm looking for, the biggest thing uh, is Ronnie Stanley, his health, how he holds up, not necessarily how he performs his first game back in so long, but... Does he get through the game unscathed? I think that would be a big victory for the Ravens. Jamie, let's uh, flip to the other side and the defense versus Jets. Uh, yeah, biggest question for you, and what are you looking to see? Uh, I mean, well, just uh, the the debut of Mike McDonald as an NFL defensive coordinator in a, in a game that matters. So there's going to be a lot of interesting things to look for. Uh, the first thing that I'm focusing on is – the secondary and how we're going to deploy this uh, embarrassment of riches that we have in the secondary. Uh, how many snaps does Kyle Hamilton play? Do we see some three safety alignments? Um, is Marlon Humphrey going to continue to play on the outside in three and four receiver sets? Cause, or are they going to move him into nickel and let Kyle Fuller play on the outside? Because uh, I know they've done that in the past with uh, moving him inside and uh, letting him match up. Um, in the in the slot that's been successful for him at times because he has had some struggles in coverage, particularly last year probably was Marlon's worst year, uh, j- just overall numbers and, and uh, passer rating against giving up all that jazz. And the other thing is just uh, what we're going to do to generate a pass rush. Uh, since McDonald did learn a little bit under Wink Martindale and, you know, he – cut his teeth in the Ravens organization that's always been kind of aggressive. Are we going to see those aggressive blitz schemes? Are you going to see some overload, uh, some some cover zero? Because it's either going to be – we now there's some doubt uh, about whether or not uh, Flacco is going to be starting. It might be Zach Wilson. They said they're going to make the decision tomorrow, it sounds like. Um, so there could be a little little iffiness there. So that and last thing is I'd really love to see if we can generate some turnovers because that's something we've talked about the last couple of weeks, and that's something that was severely lacking last year. So to be able to take away the football, you know, maybe get the offense on some, on some short fields, that'll be a big deal. 
So as we're here at the uh, start of this uh, 22 season, uh, a couple days away, Lamar Jackson had said that he was going to end negotiations uh, prior to uh, the regular season kicking off. Uh, our colleague Mike Randall has an article up at the site uh, giving some thoughts on the prospective New Deal without getting in really to the specifics of what Mike argued, really kind of was looking for your thoughts, bigger picture, the idea of uh, a guaranteed contract. Obviously that's come up since what Cleveland did with Deshaun Watson. And then um, the other point that Mike was illustrating in his article was that the cap figures to go up extensively during the duration of this deal. So some of the money that you uh, would be outlaying here, you may not be as big of an issue uh, later on. So uh, uh, Mike kind of, you know, just general thoughts, uh, anything off of Mike's article uh, where you are with all of the Lamar talk and do you think a deal gets done uh, before the uh, kickoff Sunday? Well, I think like, I, I can definitely see both points of view. I think from the owner's perspective, and I've said this a lot on Twitter recently, how I, I understand they don't want to give guaranteed deals. I mean, the risk is so great. But then you can use that same argument for the players. The risk is so great. So why should they not want guaranteed deals? So I, I totally get the, the friction, so to speak. Um, I don't. You know, I try to be an optimist just in general, but the longer this goes on, I would say something's not done by Friday. I don't think it's going to get done because if you think about it, all this kind of circulating in the last few months, it's been the off season. People have been on vacation. They've been less stressed, less to do. They've been in the ideal frame of mind. Well, after a whole season, you're going to automatically think, oh, I just went through all this beating and I, I need this or I want this. And the team is maybe not going to see it that way. So if it goes past, I say this weekend and there's no deal, I don't like the prospect or excuse me, I rephrase that. I don't think there's a very good prospect of Lamar staying long term. I think then you start to look to the franchise tag, which is not ideal for either side, but it's starting to seem that way where something hasn't been done by now. Will it get done? And the more it goes on, the less optimistic I am. Jamie, how about yourself? Yeah. Um, first thing, but um, I encourage if anybody hasn't read it yet to read it. Cause uh, I think Mike did a really good job of he uh, dispelled the fear of the fully guaranteed contract by when you really look at the numbers and how it all shakes out and how you can, spread the money out and how you can do things with a signing bonus and this, that, and the other, it's, you know, not a huge difference, at least in NFL dollar terms. I mean, of course, $20 million is $20 million, but you know, in, in the context of professional sports, we kind of don't think of that as that much anymore. Um, with that said, I, I understand completely where Mike's coming from and particularly with this situation, what makes it so unique about the negotiations. And I've said this before and I'll say it again, Lamar not having an agent and basically from what we understand, it's, I guess it's him and his mother that are doing the negotiations and is an NFL quarterback really in a position to discuss a contract, the nuts and bolts of a contract while they're trying to prepare for opponent X week in and week out. So this deadline of the of the beginning of the season, I think, is a uh, 
fairly hard deadline unless they get uber close prior to kickoff and there's maybe just a couple of things. So maybe there's a chance, but I would say uh, what Mike said, like if it doesn't get done by like we don't see something on Saturday morning, I'd say there's a 99% chance we're not going to hear anything about it until after the end of the season. And then you get into franchise tag drama and, and who knows where we go from there. And then you also have to weigh in what is Lamar's performance going to be this year if he goes out and has another season like he's capable of having, his value is only going to go up and any of those <laughs> negotiation points are going to be even tougher for the team. So it, it's just a unique situation and it doesn't look like it's tilting in the, the overall health and welfare of the franchise's favor. Uh, this morning, Mark Andrews was on ESPN's uh, Get Up and he, uh, uh, he was asked about Jackson, is it a distraction, basically, was what they were getting at. And he had said, no, Jackson was was even more focused than he's ever been. He's always been just a team first, uh, grabbed the W type of guy, and that's just been more of the case this summer. Hasn't seen any uh, issue where Jackson's been distracted, said how well Jackson's been playing. So Jackson hasn't brought contract up once among uh, uh, the guys in the locker room. Uh ESPN's Dan Graziano, I believe he reported that Jackson and Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta have met uh, separately to uh, at Jackson's uh, wishes to discuss how they will speak about the uh, prospective uh, negotiations with, uh, to the media so that they're all on the same page, which was that was kind of interesting. And then Bart Scott, as the former Raven, chimed in talking about just the the overall culture in Baltimore and how the players have always recognized that uh, negotiations are separate, but they're able to uh, maintain that it, it has a professional environment that isn't seen in other locker rooms. So I don't know how much of a distraction it's going to be inside the team if a deal is not uh, completed uh, before kickoff Sunday. However, I do think it's going to remain a, a national story um, each week, mm-hmm. um, how is Jackson playing? <laughs> if he has a great game, you know, everyone's going to be saying ka-ching. <laughs> uh, if he has a, an off day or if he suffers an injury, then there's going to be that story a, a, as well. So, um, I don't, yeah, uh, to the larger part about what happens long-term, well, if, there, if a deal is not reached this weekend, we'll see, but to – Right now, here in the moment, as this 22 season starts, if we talk about something that could derail the season, I, I don't know how much of a distraction is going to be again for the Ravens directly, but when you're talking about it each week, and, and every time you go on a road trip particularly, and you're talking to another group of uh, uh, another city's uh, reporters, I think that gets a little tiring after a while. We're tired of talking about it. It's the three of us that follow, follow the Ravens on a, on a Ravens podcast. I imagine – on a larger scale, they'll get tired of it too, but uh, we'll see. Maybe they'll get something done this week. Uh, let's think about the division overall, uh, and I think we talked about maybe this kind of earlier in the off off season, maybe the start of training camp, but here as the season's about to begin with clarification about Deshaun Watson's suspension, uh, what are we thinking about the division? How do we size it up? Let's uh, just kind of be uh, kind of quick thoughts here, Jamie. Uh, and, and at this point, I think it's looking like 
Browns, Bengals, or excuse me, Ravens, Bengals, Steelers, Browns. Um, just because I think overall from a, a from a talent and roster standpoint, the Ravens are probably at the top of the heap. Uh, you know, the, the, the Bengals, I think they could be a little bit of an X factor. I think they definitely benefited from the Ravens having a down year last year and having the injuries that they had. You always know there can be that fallback from losing from a Super Bowl loss. So that's kind of an interesting factor, sort of an intangible. With Pittsburgh, they obviously have the quarterback situation. That's a, could be a little bit unsettled as the season wears on, but they're still good defensively and they still have a top three head coach in the league and Mike Tomlin. So they're always going to be there and I'm never going to shovel dirt on Pittsburgh and Cleveland. I just don't know how they, how they withstand the, the Watson suspension. And then how does he play when he comes back? Because not only will he be playing under scrutiny of all of his, you know, transgressions or whatever they were, but here's a guy who hasn't been on a football field competitively in what, two years now or, or by that point so what are you really going to get from him when the bullets start flying and at that point they might be buried anyway so that's my early look at it but you know it, there, there's there's a lot of unknowns still but we'll uh um, as as buck showalter says we'll our curiosity will be satisfied mike any change in uh, your order there not really the only team that i think actually could be higher is honestly, and I'm not saying this is a probable thing. I just wouldn't be surprised if the Browns and Bengals switched only because Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs in the league and a bad quarterback's best friend is a good running game. Uh, I still, I do like Kevin Stefanski, not a fan of their owner, but I do like Kevin Stefanski. I think Miles Garrett is going to have a whale of a year. Uh, I'm not sold on the Bengals having a great year just because they were close last year. As a matter of fact, I think that's even harder because you get so far and you don't even get the main prize and then you have to do it all over again when they kind of were overachievers at points of the year last year anyway. Joe Burrow is going to have to be pretty much flawless and can he? Sure. But I, I mean, I just don't think it's a given. I just know, think I know what we have more so with the Ravens and Steelers. So, um, yeah, I think the Ravens will win it. I think probably Steelers will be second or third. And then whoever wins those head to head matches between the Bengals and Browns, you know, second or fourth. Uh, yeah, but I think the Ravens are, are a firm favorite to win it. And real quick, if I can just throw this into it, I don't think it's going to be one of those things where somebody's going to be, you know, four and, not four and 12, Jesus, four and 13 or anything like that. I think it's going to be pretty competitive top to bottom, kind of similar to the way last year the Ravens finished last, but we're eight and nine. And we're, you know, even still in the hunt up until the last, you know, couple weeks of the season. So it's probably going to be pretty close, at least in my opinion. But we'll see. I don't think uh, Cleveland, if Watson had his suspension had been maintained at six games, I think Cleveland could have contended possibly for the division. I don't think Brissett can go 11 games and keep them in the division race. I do think, uh, Mike, there's something to be said with the idea of, hey, this is our identity. We know we have to be a rushing a rushing team, get, get a little play action together. I think Brissett can hold them 
and be somewhat respectable for for a while but 11 weeks you're going to get exposed at some point uh you know uh, there uh pittsburgh they're not getting a whole lot of love nationally but they've got a strong defense uh they 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 kind of revamped their lines a little bit the last couple of years i think they're a little bit improved got a little bit of the running game obviously all the attention is with the quarterback uh trubisky you know, he's going to be a physical upgrade over Ben at this point. Um, you know, you're not going to have ben, Ben's mental acuity and his experience. Uh, and then Trubisky's going to give way at some point during the year to uh, uh, Pittsburgh rookie. Uh, Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Pickett, right. So, yeah. Oh yeah, Trubisky, he had the one year, I guess it was his second year in the league, which was actually pretty good, and then he regressed before, uh, and then he was at the backup last year in Buffalo. Wouldn't surprise me if he was a little bit more competent than people uh, might expect uh, uh, to start this year. If they're not buried uh, early, and if they, you know, they they could be in that hunt for that seventh seed later uh, uh, later in the year. Uh, I I also I'll be the third. We'll get to the predictions at the end. I also am expecting the Ravens to go worse from the, the first in the division, uh, and I'll have Cincinnati second. Uh, you know, if nothing else, Cincinnati's schedule will be a little bit harder. Plus, they figure to face a. Uh, a different Ravens team this year than the team that they beat up on twice last year. Uh, let's go. I, I, we're all pretty optimistic. Mike talked about having an optimistic attitude. Just in general, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic overall heading into this year. I think we all are. But let's play devil's advocate. What's a plausible worst-case uh, scenario for the season, Mike? Ronnie Stanley gets hurt and is out for the year again. Um. Lamar, I wouldn't say, I don't think it's right to say he gets hurt again, but I think maybe teams start to figure him out a little bit more. Uh, if he's, and he's, and we get to be 10 and seven and miss the playoffs where we make progress. We overcome potentially maybe Stanley or some big injury again, the year after we just came through that all winning record. We go through it all, and we just miss out on the playoffs last game of the year. I think that would be a total heartbreaker. And then conceivably still have to deal with the Lamar contract situation. So, um, you know, you wait all year for that, and it's just kind of you potentially get to the week 18, and there's really no change. That would be the worst case for me. Uh, yeah, I like that. A, a, a winning record, uh, not as – Good as you would expect because of an unhealthy Stanley and that leading to uh, Lamar, Lamar regression or the offense not being optimal and kind of being in the hunt but not quite good enough. Jamie, what seems uh, reasonable to you of you know a scenario that could uh, plausibly happen? Yeah, I hate to beat the Ronnie Stanley drum again, but I'll I'll flesh it out a little bit. Um, Stanley just not being what what we know he can be at his peak and combine that with Dobbins and later Edwards, not being able to return to health and be real and be real impact players this year. And as a result, the running game isn't what we can expect from the Ravens at their peak. 
and then it's complementary football. Then because the running game isn't as good, there aren't as many opportunities in the passing game. Then because you're down a distance is always off, you're going three and out and punting, and then you're continuing to put the defense on the field, which was a big problem. And Wink Martindale took the fall for it last year. The offense put the defense in a lot of bad spots last year by not being able to stay on the field. So uh, this has all got to be a very symbiotic relationship. And I think those things, knowing that we're counting on guys returning to health that are coming off of major injuries is a lot to expect all, all of those guys to return to health. Let's hope that, you know, in this scenario from the running game, and Drake can be a solid replacement while J.K. Dobbins gets up to speed and then Gus Edwards has this extra four weeks to get good and then the running game starts to peak later in the year. But I could realistically see these guys coming off ACLs and then the dominoes kind of start to fall. Well, you'll see it in our game thread Sunday, and you'll see it on Twitter. You'll see the immediate uh, overreaction when uh, uh, Sunday when guys are not completely at – 100%. Yeah. Uh, I would caution every Ravens fan to just think September 11th, they don't have to be exactly where you want them to be in January. Uh, it, it's going to be a progression throughout the throughout the year. You're looking for week-to-week, month-to-month uh, progression. And if you get into the second half in good shape, that's when this team, I think, can really take take off. But yeah. I, I think you guys sized it up well. I'm on board. We'll make it a trifecta. It's a, it's Ronnie Stanley. That's pretty much a, a, the worst case scenario for me. Yeah. Jamie, you'll be disappointed if the Ravens don't achieve what this year? Uh, if they don't return to the playoffs and win at least one game. Um, beyond that, if you get to the divisional round and lose, well, you know, you're facing the best of the best and some, and stuff happens. A lot of things have to break your way. A lot of things have to go right. But I think this organization has – They've taken a lot. They took a lot of steps this throughout this offseason, throughout their training to ensure that they wouldn't have as many injuries as they had in practice and in camp. And they filled in where they could fill in. They had what looks like a really good draft. You know, this this organization year after year puts a talented team on the field. But with the disappointment of last year, even though it was a lot of things that were out of their control, ultimately they still finished 8-9 and and missed the playoffs. I think it's a big uh, bounce back year for them, and I think for them to miss the playoffs a second year in a row would would be a big disappointment. So they need need to qualify for the postseason and get at least one win. Yeah, I I like that. You earn your way to the playoffs, you – uh, win a game, you're in the fight, then it's a bit of a roll of the dice. Uh, Mike, back for you, what would be, uh, uh, you know, well, you'd be disappointed that the Ravens don't achieve what? I mean, definitely if they don't go to the playoffs, that, w- that would be uh, huge. I think a lot of people, myself included, are almost expecting that, that they should, not just because of their history, but because of how close they were last year with such a, incomplete team uh but i'll just add on to that something uh, jamie noted uh, a few minutes ago is mike mcdonald i think i'd be disappointed if they didn't return back to statistical prowess talking top 10 in turnovers points allowed and yards allowed i know it's his first year as the nfl defensive coordinator but so what i mean this is it's go time and you you know and i 
I'm sure if I was talking to him, he would say, absolutely. That's the standard I have too. We have too much. We <laughs> Ravens have too much talent. Um, their pedigree is such that this is what they expect. Top 10, probably even top five, to be honest with you. Uh, the turnover margin was abysmal last year. They need to fix that. If they do that, they'll be in a much better position. They can grind it out in their uh, forte, running the game on offense, and everything kind of goes from there. So um, if they can return back to defensive dominance, um, of course, hopefully with that, you think Tyus Bowser comes back healthy. David Ajabo gets a maybe a handful of sacks. Marcus Williams acclimates well to the back end of the defense. Uh that's when I think we can really start to say, okay, now we can challenge for a Super Bowl because that's how the Ravens do it. Uh, just to add something different, I'll say I'll be disappointed if they don't have at least seven home wins and four wins in the division. That's uh, you know, yeah, Start with those two and you'll be in uh, pretty good shape. Uh, who ends the year as the biggest, bigger offensive weapon, Dobbins or Bateman, Mike? I like Rashad Bateman, actually, and I've – I thought about this today, and I have been a big J.K. Dobbins guy for so long, but realistically, I just don't – I mean, I have to see him first. So there's somewhat of an unknown with him right now. I think when he gets going, he'll be great. But it's a matter of how long it takes him to get to that point, in my estimation. I think Bateman and Lamar are just – one in the same right now. They're ready to go. They've been waiting for this moment uh, for a long time, and Bateman's ready to show out. And I just think he's in the perfect situation with his rehab, with the chemistry with his quarterback, the target share he's going to get. I think it's a perfect situation for him to have a really good year. Jamie, you agree? Yeah, I have to agree. And if it was a if it was a 100% healthy J.K. Dobbins, I think we would be agreeing on J.K. Dobbins, and that that isn't, and this isn't a slight on either player by any stretch of the imagination. By saying Bateman, it's not that I don't think Dobbins is capable, but as Mike said, you know, you got to see that the the explosiveness, the elusiveness, the breakaway speed; those things are a little bit slow to come back with the ACL uh, rehab. So I think it's going to take him a little time. And Bateman, I think he, I think he's going to going to have double digit touchdowns this year. He, he's he's going to get opportunities I mean if you look at last year now again they threw the ball probably a little more than they wanted to last year but you know Hollywood Brown got what 145 targets as the you know number one wide receiver I mean is there any reason to think that Bateman won't get 100 targets and if Bateman gets 100 targets I mean with the way that he catches the football he's probably going to have 75 80 catches you know and if that's if that's kind of production or output he has then you know we, we could you know, have a legitimate number one. And that's something the Ravens, you know, especially a homegrown number one is not something the Ravens have ever had. I almost wrote the question uh, to these guys, do they think Dobbins or uh, Bateman could at the end of the year uh, exceed Andrews as the number one offensive uh, uh, a weapon? Uh, but decided maybe not fair to either uh, Dobbins or Bateman, given that Dobbins is coming off the injury and it's Bateman's second full year, and Andrews is the all-pro and has the long-term relationship with with Jackson. But it's interesting, and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, and I, uh, 
I, I think Bateman is the correct answer because he's going into the year ready to rock and uh, Dobbins were going into the year kind of not quite sure yet, but maybe in a few weeks we'll feel feel a little different, but pretty excited to have both of them as options uh, <laughs> right now and uh, uh, we'll see how that works its way uh, out this year. So we've reached it. It's uh, final prediction time, first for uh, this weekend. Uh uh, Jamie, we'll let you start. Uh, I, I think we're all taking the Ravens. What, what's your score here? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to go 27-13. I think they'll handily cover the spread. They're just more talented, more experienced, and this team I think has a little bit of a chip on its shoulder, which is which this organization, it's in their DNA. When they're a little bit doubted, when they're the, the hunter, they seem to play better. And I, I think the uh, that this kind of, this matchup against a Jets team that's still in the early early stages of trying to build this thing up, I I, I think they're they're gonna be in control of the game the whole time, and hopefully Justin Tucker gets me a fifty yarder for my fantasy team. <laughs> uh, Mike, uh, uh, just predictions for this weekend first. I think the Ravens win thirty four to ten, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets actually went out to an early lead. A lot of times these teams that are not as good get some kind of courage from somewhere and they show out and then it takes the favorite a while to snap out of it. But I do think it'll be somewhat of a closely contested first quarter. The Ravens score maybe a field goal, uh, get a turnover, score a touchdown, and I think it's off from the races, off to the races from there for Baltimore. I hadn't seen the news that uh, Jamie alluded to earlier about Zach Wilson possibly playing this weekend. If I could say anything to Gang Green, I would say don't do that. That that sounds like a mistake. Uh, like like you haven't practiced much this summer. You're gonna throw him out there against the Ravens at, at home. That sounds like a a, a recipe for disaster. Flacco is there for a reason, and you have uh, you know he's been practicing. You have the experience. Right. I think Joe's capable of one decent week and keeping this into a game maybe early into the fourth before the Ravens pull away because you know the Ravens we've talked about it last week they didn't play a whole lot uh, of uh, you know their starting elements I haven't looked to see what the weather is if it's going to be warm uh, this weekend in Jersey or not Uh, but anyway end of the day I I don't care how it happens just give me the W and let's move on uh Let's talk about our, our year-end predictions. If you heard us all, we all each have the Ravens going worst to first in the AFC North. Mike, the Ravens end the year. What's their record? Where do they finish? Uh, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think uh, regular season record, 11-6, and six, win the division. I think they go to the AFC Championship, and I'm only saying this because every prediction I make – and that kind of round or the Super Bowl ends up false. So with that in mind, I'm going to say the Ravens lose to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. Uh, I just – I see Pat Mahomes as the new Tom Brady. I just think – I know he lost some weapons, but I just think he's too good. And his strength is something that is not going to wear out for a long time. That that kind of Brett Favre in terms of like throwing the ball from different platforms – 70 yards in the air if need be, touch passes, the improvisation that defenses can't account for. With that special Hall of Fame first ballot head coach, 
Um, I, I mean, I think the Ravens could do it for sure, but um, I've seen the I've seen the Chiefs do it. If that makes sense, so I think AFC Championship would be about where I have that. I feel they could go as of this day. Jamie, what you got? Um, I like eleven and six. That's kind of the number I was thinking. It it, it could be a swing anywhere from the, they're in the ten to twelve and win range. I think it really depends on how the division games shake out. We know those can be a crapshoot, especially when you go on the road in the division. Anything can happen. But uh, win the AFC North, uh, I think there's going to be a divisional round rematch with the Bills, and I think it all depends on the venue. Uh, if if we can get the Bills at home, or excuse me, if the Ravens can get the Bills at home, I think that's you know a different story than having to travel in late January. So, but at this point, I'm going to say divisional round and dot dot dot. <laughs> Leave it open ended. I like the, I like the ellipsis. Uh, <laughs> this weekend we get to see football actually kick off. We'll uh, next week we'll actually have some results to discuss, and then we'll be looking ahead to week two. So. Thanks for listening to the bank. Uh, check out the recent articles from uh, Jamie and Mike uh, at the site and uh, come and join the discussions at the board and be active in our game thread this weekend. I'm sure it'll be fun. Uh, check it out. Take care.